Hello everyone, and welcome to episode 3 of Biology Bobbles. This is a little bit of a special Christmas episode, as you can probably tell from the different quality of the mic. Uh, that's because we're recording this in Ottawa with my lovely family, in particular, my sister Saskia. Say Hello! Hi. Saskia, one of the things that I think is going to really help this episode is actually, as anyone who knows you would know, uh, you're a graduate of Mount Allison University, mm-hmm. uh, and you did some studies in anthropology. Yeah. Right? Yep. That that's was actually, my degree. That's actually really, yeah, <laughs> one, or, one or two classes. You I know, dabbled, there. you know. Yeah, four years just dedicated explicitly to that, whatever. <laughs> what I was going to do for this episode is koalas, because there's a lot of, um, there's there's a lot of... Cute. They are very cute. There's a, there's been a little bit of a drama surrounding koalas. Oh, yeah. Uh, following the fires in Australia, which since 2013, it's basically the entire continent has been on fire. But this year was especially dramatic. Uh, have you been following the koala news? No, I haven't. This is all a horrible, horrible <laughs> shock. Christmas shock. Well, are... not to make your Christmas Eve even oh, no. worse, but a few months ago. Did you hear about koalas being declared functionally extinct? What? What? No? Well, uh... The Are yes- you joking? No, Are you? Do- did you ask me because I'm the most gullible family member, so you <laughs> no. can just tell me stuff and I'll no, freak out. No, it's okay because you're not the only one who fell for it. Dun, dun, oh. dun. Yeah, because... No, it's it's not a joke. Uh, there was a very big scandal. Oh, bi- you know, very big biology scandal. I feel like it's yeah. not as dramatic as, like... I don't know the present. Pretty darn dramatic, though. It is. Koalas are like. They're like the staple. They're very cute. Like next to kangaroos, they're like the animal of Australia. Yeah. Like I remember eating koala crunch as a kid. I almost looking at that guy. Because I remember eating koalas, and I was like, (laughs) "When did that happen?" (laughs) Yeah, I don't think mom would let that fly. But the chairman of Australian of the Australian Koala Association, Deborah Tabart, estimated that over one thousand koalas had been killed from the fires. And uh, that 80% of the habitat had been destroyed, which is a lot. But also, she declared them functionally extinct, and they are definitely not. Okay. And so there's there's a whole there's a lot of a lot of drama surrounding that. But we're gonna we're gonna get back to that for now. Functional extinction is defined as the extinction of a species or other taxon such that it disappears from the fossil record. Historic reports of its existence cease. The reduced population no longer plays a significant role in the ecosystem function or the population is no longer viable. Individuals are either unable to reproduce or the small population of breeding animals will not be able to sustain itself due to inbreeding. So, so it's not like they're just gone. No, no, they're definitely... Uh, but but also they're not that. Oh. Which is, which is well, the that's thing. A, a couple other functional functionally extinct animals I, I just pulled up to give us a little bit of a... Like that are considered functionally extinct. Mm-hmm. The Baiji freshwater dolphin was like. Sorry. I've heard of that one. Yeah. Like the pink, the pink one. Yeah, I think they're pink. I don't know. It was they're, in a book of like fish that I really liked when I was a kid. Was like oh. The pink dolphin. Well, I'm sorry for raining on your pink dolphin parade, but um, they were actually the first documented global extinction of a megafaunal vertebrate uh, oh. since the Japanese sea lion in the 1950s. This is such a. Those are, that's so sad. Yeah. This, this I, is just going to be sad facts about dead animals? No, this is not going to okay. be sad facts about dead animals. Okay. A lot of it's... Okay, 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 okay. I, will, I, I don't want to I don't want to spoil anything. I'm just going to try okay. to, like, take you out. I'll skip the uh, the whole part about the, the white rhinos for no. your sake. <laughs> um, which is a species that now only has two females and no males. But uh, 
they're gonna be they're gonna keep on existing for a little while longer because uh, scientists have managed to fertilize. Uh, I was gonna say the egg thing where you can like just swap the nucleus or something. They didn't make. They they had frozen sperm from the last oh, male, okay. so they didn't have to do Probably that. Easier. Um, yeah, and that would have increased inbreeding by even more. Uh, so that's they are functionally extinct because even though there are going to be more of them, if the babies survive, there's cool. only two. And they're going to have some funky-looking grandchildren. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's, that's pretty sad. But, yeah, koalas are not functionally extinct. There was a big scare, and everyone heard about it. I think anyone following a woke white girl on Instagram probably saw a post or two about how koalas are functionally extinct. But koalas are having a bad time. Although the claim that 80% of all koala habitat is misinformed based on a 2013 paper that claims Wait, between... Wait, 80% of all koala habitat is what? The claim the habit- that 80% okay. of all koala habitat is misinformed. Okay. Yep. Based on a 2013 paper that claims between 50 and 80% of certain regions of koala habitat have been lost to deforestation and fires. The fact is, is that Australia is big time on fire. Rainforest trees dating far as far back as 600 years have been lost to wildfires as a, at a completely unprecedented rate. And koalas, being the slow-moving stoner animals yeah. that they are, can't really keep up. I just... Okay, for some reason, I keep thinking mm-hmm. of that book, uh, the book series, The Magic Treehouse. Yeah. And there's one where they save a koala from a fire. Uh-huh. And somehow in my head that made it impossible for koalas to be in danger <laughs> of fires anymore. I just... I mean, there is... I keep thinking, like, but Jack and Annie... Part of, the reason, the part of the reason, part of the reason why, um, why, why koalas like they got such a big news hit was uh-huh. there was a viral video that went out of an Australian lady, uh, running into a fire to take a koala that was like crawling around in the dirt, all burned oh, up. Yeah, so she wrapped him up in her in her t-shirt, and it was super cute. Um, the koala was making like baby noises, which was adorable, but also you know sad because it was yeah. all burnt. Now the thing is, is koalas obviously as anyone who's read you know, a a National Geographic kids book growing up would know, is they eat eucalyptus. And eucalyptus trees have something called eucalyptus oil, Mm -hmm. um, which exists in very high concentrations in the tree's canopy where koalas would be. And while eucalyptus is described by National Geographic as some of the most fire-adapted vegetation on Earth, able to sprout and grow anew in the immediate aftermath of fires, as well as sporters of incredibly fire-retardant trunks, the oil in the canopy... When that vaporizes under high heat, such as a high heat bushfire, huh. it causes the trees to explode. <laughs> Literally is, just like, boom. Yeah, which is, well, okay, actually, you know, there, was a, there was an interview with an Australian mayor uh-huh. who said it, it was more described as fireballs shooting at you from the trees. Oh my god. Yeah, which is probably the most Australian thing that can happen. <laughs> you know, you go to Australia and even the trees are trying to kill you, of course, go figure. <laughs> with like flamethrowers. Yes, Not the even exact just chill tree poison. The like exact quote from from an East Coast Australian mayor was, uh, she describes the eucalyptus bushfires as being quote like fireballs exploding in the air, uh, and terrifying. YouTube videos confirm the phenomenon. So uh, in Australia, even the trees are out to kill you. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it seems obvious, therefore, that the worst place to be during a fire is in the canopy, because essentially what it is is it's an organic grenade. And yet, when koalas observe a bushfire, their defense isn't to run away or get down and try to crawl away. Oh no. It is to climb up. Oh no. So on all logical accounts, 
this should be a suit, uh, like just a certified suicide mission. The koalas. So why do koalas climb into an organic grenade? And this is actually really. No, this is okay. This is this is some this is something that you can help me out with actually, because the world is and only in heavy quotes. The world is only two degrees Celsius warmer than the 1800s, and that shouldn't be enough to cause the hellish landscape that Australia is today, with all like with all the all the burning burning trees and all the fires. So what therefore has changed so recently that is causing these mass, massive bushfires? As with most of the bad things happening in the world today, it can be traced back to white people. Ah, <laughs> yes. Australian. Good all explain all. Yes. Yeah, one one in doubt. White people. White people get out. <laughs> <laughs> Australian indigenous peoples, such as the Kuku Taipan, believe fire is a sacred thing. While this is a bastardized understanding of a spiritual phenomenon that I can only emulate, being from the background that I am, as I understand it, fire is seen as the spirit of the land. Fire embodies memory and culture, hmm. as it was around fires that native people would dance, share stories, and pass on wisdom but it was also a tool that natives would use to tend to the all-powerful land, a gift from the land for the land, a oh, culture, a purpose embodied in flame. Like controlled burns, sort of? Exactly. Oh. You took the words right out of my script. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I swear I'm not reading it. No, 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 that's, that's fine. Australian indigenous peoples have a very strict and unfathomably ancient tradition of controlled burns. There is an undoubtable science to it, uh, too early, and you would have created the perfect conditions for a thick shrub patch, which was the fire hazard, more of a fire hazard than the uh -huh. original patch of land. Uh, burn too late, and the eucalyptus trees would explode. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't want yep, that. Don't want to blow up the continent, no. Uh, the thing is, following World War II, uh, indigenous peoples living in traditional lives uh, into the land were drawn away from their communities, either by promises of jobs and wealth or by uh -huh. force, such as is seen in the infamous Stolen Generation mm -hmm. of Indigenous people. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with the Stolen Generation, you can probably... Actually, would you like to tell us a little bit about what that is? Oh, oh my gosh, I feel so on the spot now. If not, well, that's okay. Well, I mean, in Canada, it was just like this huge like social services thing where they come and just yeah. if your parents social are like yeah services. heavy quotation marks yeah. i mean i mean it was <laughs> like canadian government social services mm -hmm, kind mm -hmm. of doing it did. but it was not it was like if your parents were out getting milk yeah they might they just, just like, grab take, you and take yeah. you to a residential school so that they could whitewash you yeah yeah uh and something similar happened in australia uh with the stolen generation i don't know the details of it i uh, just saw a couple of interviews with people who had you know survived and escaped it but Today, following this functional genocide, which is a little bit of a playoff of the functional extinction that was alleged around koalas, mm. uh, we are seeing the effects of the divorce of Australia and her stewards. To quote from Dr. Gary Cook from the Commonwealth Scientific Industrial Research Organization, since European settlement, fires have increased in, si in size and severity. This is threatened biodiversity as well as increased greenhouse gas emissions. Way to go, Europe. <laughs> yeah, good job. Think you guys are paying for like what? I'm I'm not mistaken in understanding that Australia was primarily just a place to put criminals, right? Yeah, like that's it was started as a prison colony. Yeah, it's like and we don't want we you. had to go out of our way to mess up the people that were already there. Yeah. No. Okay, that's kind of dumb. Yeah, um, the catastrophic wildfires of the 2010s are partially attributed to the European introduction of an invasive African gambagrass taking over Australia, which is a wonderfully flammable uh, species capable of choking out Australian natives. 
And this, combined with the decimation of native culture, has resulted in the biggest disruption of an intimately anthropogenic landscape Ooh. in the history of the world. I like those three words. Yes. Intimately anthropogenic. So this is for everyone at home. Uh, if you want to give someone hell over, over New Year's about how the world's on fire, just remember, Australia is the biggest disruption of an intimately anthropogenic landscape in the history of the world. No one can argue with that. Yes. The words are too big. Uh, and the more research is done, the deeper the interdependence of native peoples of Australia seems to run. So as it turns out, koalas aren't the only species to climb up during a fire. Really? Yes. Insect okay, I was just wondering when we were going to bring it back to koalas climbing up. I mean, yes. like, this is all very worth talking about, <laughs> this, but what this... does it have to do with upward climbing koalas? Yeah, koalas are kind of just the poster child. Because obviously no one cares if insects burn for the most part, like, you know, locusts, yeah. if I mean, locusts sure stop existing, I'm, I'm pretty sure farmers are going to, yeah, you know, throw hats in the air. But koalas, you know, they're, they're, they're just kind of like the, the tip of the iceberg that we can see of what's, yeah. what's going on here. Koalas aren't the only species to climb up. Insects, rodents, and other small animals all habitually take shelter in the eucalyptus canopy as refuge from fire, even if running away is a possibility. Huh. And this is especially interesting because a lot of people can kind of justify, oh yeah, of course koalas would climb up because they're dumb and they're slow. But if, like, a prairie mouse has the option to outrun a slow-moving fire, it should out run away from that fire. But instead, it'll find a tree and run up. Huh. Yes. Which I think speaks wonders about exactly how deep running this relationship mm -hmm. was between Australia and the indigenous people and how interdependent they were. So as eucalyptus tree trunks are well adapted to low level cool fires and eucalyptus seeds germinate in reaction to smoke being detected in the leaves. Wow. Yeah. As has been I, illuminated sorry. by the... Yep. How do the leaves do that? I don't know the exact oh, like okay. like physiology of it, but if I had to guess, increased heat and carbon emissions, like okay. in the, in the, like if it can smell the smoke. Yeah, no, trees are incredibly, uh, incredibly trees smart. Trees have with, a sense with... of smell. Yeah. That's really <laughs> yeah, no, they actually... Trees, like, do so much more than anybody gives them credit for. Oh, yeah. No, there's... I, I definitely want to do an episode uh, at some point on the hidden life of trees, I believe. I want to read book. that book. I think it's, it's upstairs. So I keep... It's oh, upstairs? Okay, so. good, because I, um, I forgot around. it in a virtue car and someone stole it. Oh, no. Yes. I mean, it's worth... It's a book worth stealing. Yes. Like, I read the first don't chapter. Steal, but points for stealing I read the first book. chapter and... Actually, you know what? I'm going to save that for a later episode, we but should, like, book it is amazing. It. It, it, the, the, the societies trees have that we just can't understand, is yeah. it's so fascinating. Anyway, as has been illuminated by the ecosystem's confused reactions to the raging fires of the last decade, Australian ecosystems are incredibly well adapted, dependent even, on small, cool wildfires. Huh. Nice Christmassy wildfires. Yeah, <laughs> nice little cozy little ones one. that can, you can toast marshmallows over. Not the, <laughs> not the ones that. that shoot fireballs at you. <laughs> this suggests a coevolution of Australian ecosystems and the natives of Australia. To quote from a cuckoo taipan elder, the eucalyptus trunks show that they know fire, they live and understand fire, that they are trees that belong to the fire. That's so cool. Which gives me tingles every time I read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's so... <laughs> yeah, and that is so... I think this is such an interesting study of... Like such a such a tangible example of what exactly we're doing uh -huh. when colonial forces uproot a native society. Like, okay, you can do that, but then fifty years down the line, your trees are going to start exploding, and it's not going to be a good time. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can you can you know try to farm their land now, but mark my words, the trees will come for you. Yeah. 
Trees, man. They so, know more than we say they do. Yeah. Um, but clearly they don't, they don't all know how to not explode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, back to koalas. 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 Oh, right. I forgot. We could have just talked about eucalyptus trees for the rest of the time. Oh, right? we could have. Been... Honestly, like, this was going into the into the this the research for this yeah. episode as with most biology bobbles episode i have like a couple things in mind and then i just tumble down a rabbit hole yeah. and find this incredibly any, any thread you pull in biology is going to find you something crazy and that's what biology bobbles is all about but koalas koalas which right is the, the, the the original thing cute. this episode is about yeah koalas are not functionally instinct extinct in fact during mating season in some parts of australia uh, they are considered a noise pollutant in suburban a- in suburban areas due to overabundance. Uh, what do they sound like? I'm glad you asked. <laughs> oh, I was gonna try to make you do it. But you have you were ahead of me. Oh wait, no, this is, this is actually a video of eucalyptus exploding. Whoa! Yeah. yeah. That really does. Wow, it's like it's a that's yeah, an so explosion. It, yeah. With like all I the thought, colors. Ooh. I thought birch was uh, intense. No. <laughs> Putting eucalyptus on your fire would be like pouring gasoline over it. Yeah, it's it. it's very it's very similar. Uh, just for the listeners at home, would you like to illustrate a little bit of how big exactly that fire was? Oh my gosh, it filled the whole screen. It was just like this orb of like it, it just. <laughs> yeah, so, so they they take and there was there's some I was, people um, in Australia in 2013. Uh-huh. They call it a campfire bomb, of course. Bomb. Yeah, because they have a little campfire, uh-huh. a cute little campfire, and then uh-huh. they put on one branch of eucalyptus and just like. That, that fire goes from like a couple feet to easily like what is that like and it goes, two or three like, meters high you can see how hot it is too it goes yeah. like white and purple yeah Whew. yeah so that's one that's one wow. uh, link but there, here's a video of a koala burp <laughs> <laughs> this one's a little less cute yeah they also overlay it with guitar but um, no, but it's it's really really sad. Whenever you see them in in the fire, uh, they start making like baby crying noises and like screaming. It's actually terrifying, but uh, more for the soul than anything else. Yeah, but the <laughs> that is the the koala mating burp, as it's called, um, and they will do that all night. Oh my god! Very loudly. <laughs> so yeah, there are some there's some there's some parts of Australia where they are actually considered a noise pest, where you'll go outside and pick up the koala and move them to another tree <laughs> so you can just get some sleep. Get a room! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. So, koalas are not functionally extinct. Okay. Coming back to the coming <laughs> back to the, the track that we, we were keeping them on. But they are vulnerable to extinction. Koalas are not extremely motel creatures, meaning that loss of habitat will have a much greater impact on influencing genetic drift and inbreeding depression than other, other creatures. Which is to say, even though the current wild population of koalas is estimated to be about 150,000, which is far from functionally extinct, loss of habitat for them goes a very long way. Because you have to have a very large landmass dedicated to koalas to maintain a genetically healthy population. If we take these examples of the suburbs where they're, they're noise pollutants, they might have like a thousand koalas in like a very large suburb. Mm-hmm. And because they don't move around a whole lot, having a very low density koala population isn't sustainable. Mm-hmm. And in that sense, functionally, 
Yeah, function, a lot like, of koalas. Yeah, and the fact that the uh, west coast of Australia is burning to the degree that it is, mm-hmm. and that it's a big one. If you look at the... the huh, actually, I'm going to pull it up. So, wow. from this, I'd say, yeah, like... it's like solid red. Yeah, the west coast... If you if you just cut out the west coast, I'd say, like, 30% of the, of the landmass is being affected by fires. Overall, as a continent, maybe, like, like 8 to 10%. And, of course, that's only going to be happening in the forested areas. So, they're... Like the, like the paper originally said... Mm-hmm. In certain areas, there have been a lot. There's been a loss of fifty to eighty percent of koala wow. habitat, which is a death sentence to that population. How long does it take to go back? Do you know? Does anybody know? I mean, koalas need trees that are big enough to sustain them, and big enough to keep them safe from yeah. low low fruit hanging animals. I'd guess like ten years of growth. Yeah. Um, Yes. So if but no wildfire... humans will just like build stuff on top of it now because we're like, oh, cool. Fire. It's empty. Yeah. No one. No one's living here. No one ever lived here. Never ever. Never ever. Not for thousands of years. So if wildfire frequency and intensity continue to increase at the rates that they have been, koalas have no means of avoiding the inevitable mm. extinction. Koalas. Uh, so I am particularly incre- intrigued by the implications of what this case study of misinformation saying that koalas are functionally extinct, might be. Obviously, it's hard to respect that climate change or past evangelist decisions are wreaking havoc that they have been on the world when scientists can't be wholly trusted, and they appear at face value to be acting out of self-interest. One dangerous figure to quote is uh, the Port Macquarie Koala Hospital Mm -hmm. was undergoing a fundraiser at the time, uh, and they had a goal of Mm $25,000, and of course uh, they were well below that. After the publication of the allegations that koalas were functionally extinct, they received $1.33 million on their GoFundMe page. Wow. Yes. So this is this is problematic for me because although it's spreading lies and, and not really the whole truth, it's also, it might be the only way to get the public to really react to it's something. It's like people only react when it's like, crisis, right? Yeah, yeah. Like, koalas and are functionally extinct, oh no! But yes. koalas are, you know, they might need more trees. Yeah. People don't care as much. Yeah. So, the, like, we can, we can keep spouting these numbers of saying, like, oh, koalas lost 80% of the habitat, and people will say, oh, that sucks, but that's the way of the world. But if we say they're functionally extinct, then all of a sudden our fingers snapped and we have 1.3 million dollars to go towards saving the koalas yeah. which are allegedly you know gone like dead and yeah. like no chance so i kind of i this kind of reminded me of a british scientist mm-hmm. uh, emily grossman or grossman maybe <laughs> uh she is one of approximately 400 scientists from 20 different countries that acknowledged that desperate times call for desperate measures uh and are endorsing civil disobedience with regarding actions to enacting climate Mm -hmm. change. Uh, To quote from her now, the urgency of this crisis is now so great that many scientists feel as humans, we have a moral duty to take radical action. So is it wrong for the scientists to lie to the public so that we can get a reaction to save the koalas? Or is it wrong to sit back and do nothing when we have this big red button on our desk that we can press that says lie to the public and save save the koalas? That's something that you guys can think about at home. Wait, it's over. Put... We're not gonna say anything. What? Oh no, no, we can. Okay. we can, we I can was, keep going. I mean, I, 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 chances are, I'll come up to you like two weeks later and be like, "So Thor, <laughs> I've been thinking. I'm doing some reading. 
I wrote a paper for you. There's no answer in it because I'm an anthropologist and I don't say yes or no to anything. <laughs> but I'll give you lots of, of other people's opinions. Do you have any uh, opinion of your own that you'd like to share? Right off the bat? Right no off judgment. the bat, I think that uh, if it worked every time, I'd be inclined to be like, eh, go for it. <laughs> but like, I, I feel like if people got used to scientists lying to them, then it wouldn't work anymore. Yeah, that's the thing, is that there's a lot of species out there that we have to save. Yeah. And uh, there was a big problem in, in the, not to name drop, but in the Midwest, especially, there was a big kind of reaction. Uh, I'm, I'm, I didn't take notes on this exact, uh, like, bill that was passed. Uh, but essentially in the States, there was a bill that was passed that protected, like, wildlife sanctuaries and, and the wetlands. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of farmers' land was reclaimed and just bought without consent, essentially. Mm. Uh, and so, of course, that, from their standpoint, kind of spurred a reaction of, okay, well, if that's being done to save the environment, then fuck the environment. Yeah. So there were lots of videos of people, like, you know, burning swamps and stuff, yeah. and, you know, waving the flag saying, you know, mm -hmm. You, like you took away my life. Top-down action, like not. Yeah, which is <sighs> misinformed, but understandable. Yeah, like like I can see. It like makes we... sense to be angry and upset that someone just been like too bad about your land and your whole livelihood and probably your parents mm -hmm. and your grandparents' land too. Yep. Like we're giving yeah. it back, but then also that is the kind of action that we need. So. Yeah, um, I'm gonna. I'm just gonna close out this uh, sad Christmas episode with another koala burp. <laughs> if I heard that, I would think it was a much larger animal. Yeah, I'd, a... I'd be worried about like wild hey, boar. <laughs> Good morning. Should I be climbing a tree? Good morning. Here? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, so that's that's the the koala burp. Well, thank you for joining me for episode three of Biology Bobbles. Thank you for having Merry me. Merry Christmas, um, and don't burn eucalyptus because <laughs> they will not. explode. Yeah, um, I hope everyone has a uh, Merry Christmas and Happy Holidays, or whatever you may celebrate or not celebrate. Mm. Also, don't just okay, don't just care about koalas because they're cute. We have this serious problem where people save cute animals and not ugly ones. Yep. Save the ugly ones too. Like meerkats. Those, those are cute. I think so. I think they're cute. I was thinking like of like the giant salamanders in China or Japan. Oh, or yeah. Those like blob things. Or the freshwater mussels in the, in the Great Lakes. See, those are really boring. But what? You gotta look after them. Oh my okay, god. I'm not a you're, biologist. You're going, I'm just like... You're going to hear the, the episode <laughs> I do on freshwater mussels and you are going to go and see. Okay. They, are actually, they are ridiculous. But thank you for listening and I'll see you next decade. <laughs>